Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us on this Monday of Madness here on Fox Sports Radio. What a day it is. Aaron Torres, so glad to be with you as we are sitting here on this crazy, crazy Monday here on Fox Sports. It's it's one of those things where I'm so used to the tournament, Aaron, but having it on a Monday and having games on a Monday is still something that I'm trying to get used to. 
Absolutely, and maybe that's a, a conversation th- we have throughout the show. I'd be curious for people tuning in. Uh, do you like the Monday show? Are you stuck at work? Can you not watch? Not the Monday show, the Monday tournament. Sure. Can you not watch? Because I'll be honest, the the Friday to Sunday, which or Friday to Monday, which was really Thursday to Monday. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would because you got a few games on Thursday to kind of whet the appetite. You got a nice little break after Selection Sunday, and then it was full speed ahead Friday. I like that there were multiple games on late Saturday, so maybe I'm in the vocal minority. We're really lucky to get to do this and watch the games as part of our job, Dan, and I know most people aren't nearly as lucky, but I'd just be very curious uh, how people are reacting to it because I've loved this uh, Friday to Monday, but I also won't mind when we go back to Thursday to Sunday next week. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show live from the Farmers Insurance, Fox Sports Radio Studios. When you switch to Farmers Insurance, you could save a bundle. All you have to do is call 1-888-FARMERS. Get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. We are lucky to have, once again, he is keeping us on top of everything that is going on. He did a bang-up job on Friday as well, Aaron. John Ramos is back for all of our tournament needs. John, how was the weekend? It was wonderful. I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you very much for asking. And and for those that are wondering, when you hear the voice of Ted Leitner, the longtime voice of the Padres and San Diego State Aztecs, that means that John Ramos is coming in with some sort of tournament update. So right. So if you if you hear Ted Leitner's voice. And then John will begin to give us an update of maybe what's happening between Gonzaga and Oklahoma. All day long, you'll be able to keep us locked in on what's happening. John, real quick, what did you make of your Oru Eagles advancing to the Sweet 16? Historic. Man, you put out a different title for this basketball team, and look what happened. <laughs> totally <laughs> Do you think fair. anybody ever called them Oru? I mean, I doubt it. Maybe they did. I can't speak for people who go to Oral Roberts University. Maybe that's what they call them there. But I don't know. I think it was just good luck. Good karma, Oru. Oru is on to the Sweet 16. And that's just one of the many stories that have dominated this NCAA tournament. Aaron, I'm I'm in, I'm in the group where last night on the Sunday night when we talk about do we like the new schedule from the Friday through Monday uh, done because of COVID as opposed to the Thursday through Sunday. I felt like I went through a Thursday through Sunday last night. Yes. I was I was spent. Me too. And then you realize that you have another eight games today to go through. And I think that we were spent because of all of the drama and all of the upsets that have, that have dominated uh, this tournament so far. And and I'm just going to say this because I I know people aren't going to agree with me, but be careful what you wish for because all of these upsets in reality – don't make a great tournament. There is a there is a big balance that I think that you need to have, and I think that these scales right now are way heavy on the upsets, and to have a spectacular tournament, I think you need a little bit of everything, and right now we're getting a whole lot of one thing, and I don't think that's necessarily going to make a great NCAA tournament. What this NCAA tournament reminds me of is, you know, Dan, I don't know what you were like in your younger days, but uh, in my younger days, you know, you you go to, say, Vegas for a weekend, and yeah, let's round of shots here. Yeah, drink here. Yeah, $40 uh, 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 sippy cup here. Whatever. Whatever. We'll take care of it later. And then you wake up on Monday and you look at your credit card bill and you're like, what have I done? (laughs) And that's what this reminds me of is, oh, Oregon State, Sweet 16, that's crazy. Syracuse, they're back. How about them? Uh, John Ramos' Oru Eagles, 15 seed, incredible. 
And then you look up and you're like, oh, we have a region with Houston, Syracuse, Oregon State, and Loyola of Chicago, and one of those teams is going to go to the Final Four. It sounds great when it's happening, but the totality of upset after upset, I do think deprives this tournament of a lot of the team storylines players that you want to watch. The, the upsets are great to a point, realistically. And I think when you look back on, on history, when you see what were some of the great Cinderella stories, what was great about Cinderella was Cinderella was beating Goliath in those sure. in those matchups to take to take David and Goliath and co- combine it with Cinderella. But that's what that's what you have. What made the Butler story so great in 2010 was not only the run that they went on as uh, as a what ten seed that that year. That run was magnificent, also because they played Duke, you know, toe to toe in a national title game. And we're a half court shot away from winning a national title and beating the the team that America loves to hate in the Duke Blue Devils. Yep. And that's what the story is all about. Then you go to the next season where what do you know? Butler as an eight seed goes to the NCAA tournament and then goes to the final four again. And what happens? Well, the Yukon's there, Kentucky's there. What do you know? Another Cinderella and VCU is there. And it did not have as much of pizzazz. It did not have the the craziness. And in fact, when UConn and Butler played in the title game, and, and you know this as a UConn alum. Who was at the, the game? Yeah, it was one of the worst. <laughs> so was I, unfortunately. Ooh. I wish I wasn't. Um, it, it was one of the worst, you know, halves of basketball that we had seen in a long time. But it was also, Aaron, not that Cinderella story. It was we had seen Butler the year before. We had seen them come so close to Duke. And it, it was all kind of happening again. And then and and when it happens again, it's not as new. And and that's what I think is, is happening here is you have one upset here that's great, but then you have another, and then you have another, and then you have another, and then you have another. Now all of a sudden you've got five Cinderella's on one half of the bracket, and it's just kind of a mess, and then there's no one there that you can really attach to. And that's the trouble that I think that, that we're going to see when we look back at this NCAA tournament. It's awesome right now. But that hangover is coming in a little bit. And that hangover is next weekend when you see the Saturday schedule of games and it's how many games do you actually want to sit and watch? Well, I'll just pull it up and I'll, I'll share it for people. At uh, uh, 2.40 Eastern time, who's ready for a little Oregon State Loyola Chicago? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little, little tough there. Second game, we do get Villanova Baylor, but it's a banged up Villanova. At uh, 7.25 Eastern, John Roberts, Oru Eagles against Arkansas. John, you just call him John Roberts, like like John Ramos Roberts. Ramos, that's what you could have. But yeah, John Ramos is Oral Oral Roberts and the Eagles. I I think that's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts. That's (laughs) That's true. You were thinking about illegal matters. I was. (laughs) Yeah, I got some stuff going on outside of work. I can't talk about. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no. And then the last one is Houston Syracuse. And I mean Syracuse as an 11 seed really doesn't move the needle either. So your point, Dan, is well taken. And I listen. I'm with you. I think there has to be a balance. I think. there has to be a balance of intriguing storylines. The upsets are always fun. Um, you know, players that people want to watch, the casual fan will tune in for. Right now, we don't have a lot of that. I mean, forget the, the there's no Duke, there's no Kentucky. Uh, Illinois may be the most intriguing number one seed outside of uh, Gonzaga is out. Uh, the number one pick projected to be next year, Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State is now out. 
I'm with you, is I do hope that some of these teams that, that we know and that we like and that we enjoy watching, like a Michigan, like a Gonzaga who's playing right now, I do hope some of these teams get through because if not, it's going to be a tough weekend next weekend. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's the storylines. If there is no Gonzaga, if Gonzaga, who is playing right now against Oklahoma, and I'm sure we'll get an update soon on the game, if there is if there is no Gonzaga, the the storylines will uh, evaporate. Yep. Really, I mean, because you need right now to have a a great Final Four, and I listen. You love college basketball. You love college basketball more than I do, and I love college basketball. When you get to a Final Four, as much as you want to say, hey, man, I don't care. The Final Four is the Final Four. There is a difference. There is a difference when there isn't a big dog in the building coming in that everybody has their eyes on. And at times, that can be Duke. And I misspoke earlier. Probably was a five seed the the year that they ended up uh, almost upsetting Duke in the title game. But still, it was, you know, small school Butler making that run. And it was the next year they ended up being the eight seed. But you will not have that team. And even if Baylor makes it, to the final four and Gonzaga does it, I don't think you're going to have that same cachet. The undefeated nature of Bay, of, of Gonzaga is going to be the storyline that could carry the final four. But for as great as Oregon look today, if even if you get an Oregon, Michigan, Baylor, Loyola final four, I mean, and that's actually probably not a worst case scenario considering the, the way that the bracket is. It's not going to have that pizzazz. And so there's just, there was too much of one thing is never good. And I just feel that we have got too much of, of one thing with these upset. Oral, Oral Roberts, great story. Oregon State, what a run. But all of a sudden now you start looking at these other runs and they just kind of start to pale in comparison to the others. Like how great is Oregon State when you see what Oral Roberts has done? Or how great is, you know, what Syracuse done compared to what the Golden Eagles? Like it just, it doesn't compare. And then you end up just having poor matchups. And everybody's bracket is shot by the that time anyway. Anyway, so nobody cares about the tournament anyway. So there's just That's it's this threat. balance that, that that people have to they have to realize that yeah, it's awesome to a point. It's awesome to a point, and I think we just got a little bit too much of it this well, past weekend. And and I don't think people will remember this, but the last NCAA tournament that we had in 2019 was very top heavy. We had I could be mistaken, but we had all the ones, all the twos, and I believe all the threes advanced to the second weekend. And that was the year that Zion was at Duke. They played Michigan State. We had Virginia make their run. North Carolina had Kobe White, who's now with the Chicago Bulls. You had a lot of good teams, and they made it far. And that it made that second weekend that much more exciting because you could see the scenario where, oh, by the way, Kentucky, I didn't mention, had Tyler Hero, P.J. Washington, Keldon Johnson, who's playing well for the San Antonio Spurs. And so you saw that scenario where, are we going to get Kentucky and North Carolina in the, fi- in the final eight? Are we going to get uh, Duke and Zion back? in the final four and and some of it worked out and some of it didn't but you at least had all those teams and all those storylines and and, you know I'm with you Dan is that like you said I I love this sport I really do but outside of Gonzaga I I don't know what the story is I mean USC has a a future lottery pick in Evan Mobley he's fun to watch but I don't know that with due respect to the Trojans fans and the Mobley family who I actually know well I like them a lot I don't know that people need to reset their schedule to to watch the the Mobleys in USC basketball you go on and on down the list UCLA is a big name but do they have the the players as an 11 seed? I don't know. So I'm with you. If if things don't work out with Gonzaga, it'll be really interesting to see what the interest in this tournament is as we go forward. I will admit uh, there was a lot of things that we said when we did our selection show uh, a week and a day ago that did not uh, hold true. One of my biggest regrets was saying 
Man, can you imagine getting that sweet 16 matchup of Illinois going up against Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State and neither school kept up their end of the deal? I couldn't have been more wrong. One of the just the one of the few crazy things that has happened. Trust me, I'm not holding any ill will against those schools from ruining uh, my take. But I had looked at the bracket. and There's one of the things that that stood out and we didn't even get to uh, uh, an opportunity to see one of those teams advance that far. Stupid. Oh, we got an update on what's happening in the NCAA tournament. Let's go to John Ramos. Is it too soon to count out the dogs? I don't think so. 4.50 to go in the first half. The Gonzaga Bulldogs lead 36-30, to 30, down early to Oklahoma, now taking a lead. Mask it all. John Ramos giving us that NCAA tournament update. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain, but for others, a wintery combination of sleet, slush, snow, ice, whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. All-season tires. All-weather tires and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com, use the Tire Decision Guide. You'll get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Pirelli tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas. And I don't know if you've heard about this. They bring new tires to your home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to tyrat.com sports to see their Pirelli test results and special offers. They've been doing this for over 40 years. Trust me, Tire Rack is the experts. That's tyrat.com sports, tyrat.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get graduate hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. 
And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Boom! On a Monday, we've got college basketball for you and so much more. John Ramos is hanging out, going to be giving us the latest of what's happening in these tournament games. David Gascon's at the news desk. Show produced by Gavin Kinzel as the Doug Gottlieb Show is live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS-TO-SWITCH and you can save an average of $470 on auto insurance. That's a lot of money for a quick phone call, don't you think? Average nationwide Annual savings, survey data July to December 2020. We are farmers. It's that time of year, Aaron, and I'm talking about the time of year when the NFL Network airs random games from the previous regular season. That's where we are right now. You could settle in for the Hale-Murray game between the Bills and Cardinals on the NFL Network, or you could be like most of us and be soaking in what is March Madness after the two-year absence it has more than fulfilled our empty tanks in the first three days and we have a whole other rest of the day with six more games after this oklahoma gonzaga game as well what a monday it is i know we're deep into the nfl offseason when we get the guys at the desk doing their own mock draft like that's when it's like (laughs) well with the 17th pick if I'm the Cardinals, uh, I'm taking offensive tackle out of Iowa. And I'm like, we need something here. And I mean, you know, usually, you know, I'm a huge college hoops guy. So that I, I kind of wind down and I'll, I'll be flipping channels. Sometimes the NBA playoffs haven't quite started yet. When we got seven guys around a desk uh, breaking down, you know, with the 31st pick. Yeah, that that corner, Abilene Christian, let me tell you, he's a quick riser. I'm like, just get me something, playoffs, draft, whatever. If I made a mock draft, it would consist of like 28 skill players. I'm going to be honest because it would just be quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers that we had watched throughout the college football season. There would maybe be, you know, a, a, a player here, Panay Sewell. I would put put him in. But when you would get to the latter half, Aaron, I, I have to be honest. If yeah. I made a mock draft, it would just be skill position players because I just – there is no way. I, that That's one of the things like – 
we love college basketball. You, you know, have made a living covering it, following it as an insider. Um, so I don't even want to put you and I in the same breath when we talk about college hoops. But but it's it's different when you follow and love a sport. And as compared to where the NFL draft isn't even a sport. Sure. It's, you know, it's like the bridge between two sports that you may love. And, but it's, but it's really just about analyzing how you can make. So it's a, a completely different animal. So there's, there's a, I always say that there's a certain type of love for football that you have to have to play D3. Sure. And to play NAIA because there's you're not playing in front of you know a lot of people. It's not like you're playing in front of seventy thousand. Uh, it's not like you're on a full ride scholarship. You really have to love football. And I think to cover and do that NFL draft stuff, like you really, really have to love the NFL draft to be able to do it. Oh, hundred percent. And and I, you know, you and I both love college football. But it's like you know, you, you when we start talking about it, like as dudes that didn't play, and I don't know if you ever played at any high level that I'm not aware of, but I didn't play past high school. It's like like, you know, there's a reason that every conversation about the NFL draft uh, basically ends after the top five or with quarterbacks. Like, there's a reason even the good corners yes. were not like, well, you know, his hips. Like, let me let me tell you about his hips. Like, it's like, we'll leave that to, uh, you know, to, to LeVar Arrington and guys like that, Bucky Brooks. You and I, we'll, we'll sit there and we'll talk quarterbacks a little bit. But once we get past quarterbacks, as you said, wide receivers, maybe the, the transcendent uh, defensive player, there's a reason guys like you and I sit those out and let Bucky and, and LeVar Arrington guys like that handle it oh it is it is so so true we all try to be experts in the ncaa tournament by filling out a bracket and that usually fails miserably and i think a lot of people are failing this year although if you have houston in your final four if you put arkansas or baylor in your final four you're probably feeling pretty good as opposed to a lot of the other brackets at least on the uh, uh the right side if you've got one of those three schools you're probably going to make some hay against the other people in your brackets but when we look back at this this tournament aaron and we talk about the upsets and we talk about the success of the the Pac-12 and the in the Big 10 they're not all they're, they're not all connected i think that there's some uh intertwining you know uh strings and ropes that end up crossing and, and connecting but but what do you think is 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 the reason why we are getting the tournament that we are getting right now is there any overall sort of uh umbrella that you think that you could fit the ncaa tournament under yeah i think there are the obvious things that we talk about every year uh the 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 marquee players at the elite programs leaving earlier that's been a conversation to your point that you brought up earlier in the show dan you know dating back a decade to when butler was making back-to-back final four so there's things like that but i do think this year specifically the thing that stands out to me is the unique circumstances of COVID and what they have done to the NCAA tournament. Now, knock on wood, we have only had one game canceled. Obviously, the VCU-Oregon game was a no contest. Oregon win, uh, advances. They win today. But when I talk to people in college basketball, and I, you know, for people who are not familiar with my work, I, you know, it's probably the sport I know the best. I know the most people. I have the most sources, contacts, whatever. What stands out is how unique it is. Is basically these players, and not just the players, but the coaches too, Once they got to Indy, it's basically you go to your hotel room. Every player to eliminate contact tracing is in their own hotel room, which is obviously very different than a normal season, especially for these smaller schools. But then on top of that, uh, once you get there, it's basically hotel room. You maybe go practice for a little bit. 
go back to the hotel room, go play a game, come back to the hotel. There isn't those, first of all, there's just no travel like there normally is where you get to break things up, uh, you know, after a couple days. But there are no team bonding. There is no team dinners that I'm aware of. If they are, they're super socially distanced, whatever. And so I think the isolation that has happened has created an even more chaotic, you know, tournament where we just don't know what we're going to get from a team at any given time. I'll wrap on this thought. I just use an example, Texas Abilene Christian. Think about it from Texas's perspective. They were sitting in that hotel room till probably about 8 o'clock at night on Saturday afternoon, Saturday night with nothing to do. They tipped off about 9.30, and you don't think they watched everybody else getting upset. You think that mm-hmm. once they fell down to Abilene Christian, that it, it didn't start to kick in. So I think that's a bigger factor this year that maybe people aren't talking about. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good point on just because it – honestly, for us as the viewer – not much has changed. I agree. I mean, the only thing that's different is is the crowd shots or seeing the benches and seeing the different the you know the different setup, which is honestly something that we've seen throughout college basketball for the entire season. So you had unique setups and and uh, empty arenas. So nothing has really changed for us this season. And on TV, everything seems to have that sort of tournament feel when you're actually in the bubble. It is the it is the exact opposite. You know, the VCU situation, I think, is a is a a very good lesson on what can happen when you try to when 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 you try to cut corners during this covid situation. And this is where I'm 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 a little I'm a little torn on on how I'm going to view the NCAA tournament. But to go back to what you know happened with with VCU on Saturday, and I know it happened 48 hours ago, but for those that don't realize, the Atlantic 10 tournament had actually moved up their men's tournament to get some separation from the uh, from the NCAA tournament, and they ended up playing it at two uh, two specific sites, and it was then they took a week off, and because of their TV window that they had on Sunday on CBS. VCU and St. Bonaventure had to wait and ended up playing early on Sunday morning of Selection Sunday to fill that A-10 tournament window when they ended up playing the game in Dayton, Ohio. And it was in Dayton that we believe that that's where VCU ended up, you know, being in contact with people who had COVID-19 and that's where they ended up coming down with the virus. And it just it just shows, Aaron, that the Atlantic 10 had a pretty good plan up until that point. And at that point, it turned around their entire like the like the it it made it an absolute failure. They did everything yes. right. They did everything right that that we had seen in moving up the tournament, having games at specific sites. But once you had to put that game where it was, put it so close to the tournament, put it in a spot where you hadn't held previous games, and then put teams at a hotel where there were other people coming from other, you know, out of town, that just seems to be, a, the, you know, a, a colossal failure. And so so I'm sitting here looking at, at all of this, and with everything that you said, I'm having a difficult time thinking to my, or figuring out, is this just a masterful job done by the NCAA? Or... Is it just another situation where the NCAA, no matter how hard they try, they still can't seem to get some things right? And I just bring up the VCU situation or I bring up the situation with the weight rooms compared with the men's and women's tournament. And that's, you know, that's how I kind of uh, I kind of view this. And when you see like how how COVID is how these teams have now been performing into it, 
yeah, you know, maybe Texas had to, you know, sit around all day and, you know, and have their game. Abilene Christian, you know, you know, did as well. But to your point of watching those upsets, it, it kind of gets in your gets in your head. These upsets have provided a lot of excitement for people throughout the NCAA tournament. But I just wonder when we step back, are we going to look back and say, you know what, NCAA tournament, you know, NCAA great job on putting this thing together and getting 60, you know, 66 games out of a tournament uh, as opposed to, you know, having a be a colossal failure. I'm still kind of on the fence on how I think it's going to play out and just an overall look of how this tournament is, is going to be viewed. I think two things can be true at the same time in that, I think the NCAA has done about, since these teams have gotten to Indy, I think they've done about as good of a job as you possibly could mm-hmm. um, from, you know, keeping one, just from an on the court, uh, not on the court, but a, a visual standpoint, as you said, I think the tournament looks about the same as it always does. Uh, but and I think the players for the most part have obviously been safe. We've only had one thing, one game canceled. My only thought beyond that is again, two things can be true. I would have liked to see a little bit more spacing between the conference tournaments and the start of the NCAA tournament um, to to avoid a VCU situation. And and there are things that are beyond me, you, what we have say in. And obviously there were probably financial considerations as to why the conference tournaments were played when they were, why the selection show was when it was. But I would have rather seen, even if you want to have conference tournaments, why don't you end them a few days earlier, have selection Friday or whatever, or by the way, you can still do selection Sunday on Sunday. I don't know exactly what the answers were, but I never liked the idea of bumping the conference tournaments right up into the NCAA tournament i would say one more thing too dan beyond um just sitting around the hotel rooms i had somebody tip me off to this i don't know if i even believe it but you know the big 10 is the struggles and we've joked about it and maybe i'm being too hard whatever um but they those teams have been in indianapolis for you know 14 15 days now because they got in for the big 10 tournament and have basically been in the same spot you know is there kind of that redundancy that repetitiveness same room same uh uh, same meal same this same meeting rooms i don't know but i did think somebody brought that up to me as an interesting point is that they have been in indianapolis even longer than these other teams maybe just the the complacency that falls into place after you've been there for 10 11 days maybe that has something to do with the big 10 struggles yeah i think i think it could be a fair point um and i think you and i both know that nobody really cares you know, like, yeah, that's like, you know, like, I agree. like, you know, yeah, I think, I think that, I think that it's, I actually think that it is, it is a, a fair point to, to look at it. And I just, you know, nobody's going to have, have sympathy, especially right. with, you know, with the, with the conference that it is and the schools that, it, that there are, you know, and, and one other thing just on the VCU and the, and the NCAA thing, cause I, I think that the NBA did an amazing job to pull off what they did in the bubble. And I think that the NCAA actually had something that was, even though it wasn't as long as the NBA did, you know, the NBA only had 20 teams in the bubble. You had 68 yes. schools coming to, you know, to a town and to a city. And, and, and so that's what, like, to me makes this, you know, I say to myself, man, this is, this is bigger than what, what the NBA was, was able to do because I don't think we're going to get any more positive uh, tests. I don't think we're going to see a canceled game now that they're all in Indiana and they're, re, you know, far enough removed from, from their conference tournaments, but the, the the point being is, the situation with VCU was avoidable. I agree, agreed. You know, and and I I look at Louisville as a school of saying, hey, if you're gonna make a if you're gonna make a list of schools that are gonna be served as replacements, 
you know, give us a chance to be the replacement. Sure. And, 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 and you know, and that was the, you know, that may, it wouldn't have been fair to, to, to Oregon to all of a sudden wake up on Saturday morning and find out you're playing Louisville, you know, <laughs> as opposed to, uh, you know, as opposed to VCU. But if, if you would have had a different plan to your point about the schedule and the separation, there wouldn't have been any missed games. And sometimes all of your goodwill and all of your good deeds can be erased by one certain thing. And I just I wonder if that was going to be the case with the uh, yeah. VCU cancellation. Morons. <laughs> Go oh, ahead, uh-oh. Ramos. Go ahead. Uh-oh, we got a tournament update from John Ramos. When you hear Ted Leitner's voice, that means John Ramos has got a score update. Well, Dan and Aaron, Oklahoma may be going home sooner than they'd like to. Ooh. Ooh. They're down uh, here mid-second half, down 66-51 to 51 to number one seeded Gonzaga in the second round. There it is. John Ramos with your tournament update. Did you want to have the last word on that, Aaron, before uh, uh, before we uh, wrap this up? All I was going to add uh, before Ted Leitner, uh, you know, <laughs> interrupted the segment. <laughs> no, is is that you know you mentioned the difference between the NBA bubble. The other thing is the time crunch that the NCAA is under. Where I could be mistaken, I don't believe that we kind of officially knew when the bubble was actually going to end when everybody got there. We had this ballpark idea of we'd like to start the finals this day, we'd like to do that, blah, 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 blah. The NCAA tournament's like, you guys got to be done on Monday because we got the Masters coming up on Thursday. So, yeah. so uh, you know, it, it's an even more added pressure. And by the way, to your point, it's probably all the more reason why we should have considered reconsidered how we did championship week. We can't change it now. As you said, let's knock on wood that the VCU situation is the only thing that's going to cause a postponement or cancellation. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Joining us now is the senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Pat Forty joins the program again here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Pat, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well, guys. Happy madness to you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great time, but you know where we're going to start. We're going to start with the tweets, Pat. The, the tweets that has captivated a nation that you sent out yesterday talking about the three coaches who seem to not be interested at all in wearing masks. All right, take us behind the scenes and the construction. Was this a spur-of-the-moment tweet? But uh, you got a lot of people's attention with it. Really? Okay. Well, oh, come on. Come on, Pat. If that's what y'all want to talk about, well, we've had the most upsets in tournament history so far. Okay. <laughs> hey, hey, we've got the other ten minutes to talk about that. But you know, when you when you have the the tweak, I mean, it was it was it, it just it it riled a lot of people up. That's all, Pat. Yeah, that's all I was just curious about. So I'm not saying I was riled up by it, but you just pointed out that some coaches didn't want to wear masks, and some of those aren't uh, around the NCAA tournament. That's all. Yes, and I, and I also said that there was no causal relationship between those two things. But the people tended to to miss that part of it. I am not saying <laughs> that not wearing a mask led to defeat. I'm just saying that in, in like succession, the three guys that I have been watching all season that never wore their masks, all of them are very good coaches, but they never wore their masks, and they are like boom, there goes Brad Edwards Underwood, boom, there goes Bob Huggins, boom, there goes Chris Beard. That's it. That's the tweet. What about, I was just going to say, you know, and it's a bigger COVID issue. One thing that Dan and I have been talking about throughout the show, Pat, how much do you think kind of the isolation that the players have dealt with, the the limited interaction with their teammates off the court, all that stuff, how much do you think that has factored in into what you just said, a record-setting number of upsets? Oh, I think, you know, I mean, just the total unprecedented nature of the season and, yes, of this tournament, I, you know, there's nothing normal that's going on all year. 
and certainly this week. And, I, you know, I think that you throw everybody into a strange situation on, you know, different circumstances, people are all going to handle it differently. And some teams are handling it better than others, I'm sure, you know. And, and it's just that's kind of been the case this whole season. And so, you know, some teams – have gone on long pauses and it's kind of ruined the seasons. Others have gone on long pauses and come back fine. And, you know, I don't know that there is a, a formula or a pattern or anything that says this is the way to do it or this isn't. But I don't think there's any doubt that this being a weird year has led to a weird tournament. Pat Forty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. Is there any explanation for how things have gone for the Big Ten? Did we just – Overrate the conference or, or what, Pat? Well, I mean, I think that now, yeah, you have to say we overrated it. Uh, you know, I, and I was among them that overrated. I, I thought they were going to do well here. Uh, you know, I thought Illinois was going to the championship game. Uh, but I think you can look and see a few different things. Um, you know, there, that there were some warning signs here. You know, Ohio State had finished the season very poorly. They were just a terrible crunch time team uh, in the last month. They just kept blowing games at the end, and lo and behold, they did it again. Uh, they also played Illinois in an absolute brawl that ended after 6 o'clock on Selection Sunday, then drew a Friday afternoon game, and I think there was, their legs were a bit shot in that game. Michigan's got an injury now. They're still playing. Iowa's defense has been terrible all year. They got bounced because of that. Uh, Purdue... That's one I don't really have an explanation for, especially after watching North Texas yesterday. They clearly did not lose to a very good team, and they were behind the whole game. That was just a terrible, terrible performance by Purdue, and it's been a terrible performance for the whole league, really. Well, on the flip side, we got to ask you about Bill Walton, Conference of Champions, Pac-12. Did you see this coming, 8-0 through three and a half days of the tournament? No, I, I, I sure didn't. You know, I mean, I... I like, I thought Oregon would go to the Sweet 16. I liked Oregon in the game get today against uh, Iowa before the, the, the tourney started. Uh, but, you know, and I thought UCLA could maybe beat um, Michigan State, but I didn't know whether I liked them to beat, uh, to beat BYU. Uh, USC, I, I thought I have going a long way in my bracket. We'll see if that holds up. Uh, Oregon State shocks me. You know, that's just amazing and good for them. They're, they're playing with such a – you know, like a new lease on life. Uh, so, and Colorado looks fantastic against Georgetown, but Georgetown's a bad team that had a good weekend. And so, you know, we'll see if it keeps going, but it's great for the Pac-12. I think it's great for the sport because for too long, they just have been kind of a sidekick in college sports and the major uh, revenue sports. And so it's, it's good to have, you know, nation or, or I'm sorry, C to C interest uh, in the sport right now. That's great. Pat Forty joining us here on Fox Sports Radio, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Find him on Twitter at ByPat40. Aaron and I were just having this discussion before you came on in comparing what the NBA pulled off in, in their bubble and what the NCAA is pulling off in Indianapolis. Um, but, but yet I'm torn because you, you hear the weight room fiasco with the men's and women's tournaments. How, how will this be viewed? Will, will we look back at this as, as consider this tournament an amazing feat, or are there going to be other takeaways for what the NCAA uh, was able to pull off over these three weeks? Well, we'll see if we get there. <laughs> you know, if, we, if, if they play the rest of the games, uh, I think it'll be remembered as a pretty amazing feat. You know, if we have more problems, if, if you know, teams – continue to go the way of VCU or things like that or 
uh, other issues. And yeah, I mean, the women's thing is just an atrocious embarrassment for the NCAA. Uh, but if you know, the games have been so interesting. I mean, shocking and dramatic, and that, that I think that's going to be the the memory for the most part. If if we complete the rest of the uh, the course here. So we'll see how it goes. But for now, I mean, I've never – I've covered every tournament since 1990, and I've never seen one like this. If we take out Gonzaga and Baylor, is there any one team that, that has impressed you that you say, okay, they can actually make a run here, maybe cut down those final nets? Because obviously you referenced Illinois. We all liked them. Michigan's banged up. Is there anybody outside those two? Because even Gonzaga right now, 10-point game with Oklahoma with about four or five minutes to go. Yeah, I mean, Alabama and Loyola, I got to say. I mean, I liked Alabama to go to the Final Four before the tournament started. Loyola, I thought, was criminally underseeded as an eight. Uh, and I thought Georgia Tech was underseeded as nine. I thought that they disrespected not only them, but they put Illinois in a tough spot. But the way Loyola played yesterday, holy moly, was that good. And Jim Beheim said last night, said that was one of the most impressive teams he's ever seen. And, I mean, they just... They dissected Illinois' offense. I mean, they just they, they knew everything they were going to do. They knew how to stop it, and the players were good enough to do it. And that team, look out, man. I know they don't have the seating, and they, they don't have a lot of, of name-brand appeal and big-time players, but, boy, do they play well together. I think they're going to win that region. We'll wrap up with Pat Forty with this. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. You've said you've covered the you know, last 30-some-odd NCAA tournaments. What is it like in Indianapolis? That's a great question. Uh, it's it's really obviously different, but like every fan base is here, so that's cool. You know, usually you go to a site and it's like eight fan bases or four fan bases, and then eventually they get whittled down. Here, there's there's 68 to start with. There's not a lot of them, but there's there's you're seeing every single school's colors, which is cool. Um, you're seeing you know the like Abilene Christians people are still here. They can barely believe it. North Texas's people, Oral Roberts and so there's, you know, there's that, but then there's also, like, no nightlife. You know, everything's closed by 10, and this is a this is a really good big event town, and, like, the streets would be booming until past midnight every night, but that obviously can't be the case right now. So on one hand, it's like this really neat kind of melting pot, and on the other hand, it's really, really quiet for, a, for an NCAA tournament site. Find him again on Twitter by Pat Forty. Read him on Sports Illustrated, senior writer covering the NCAA tournament and joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Pat Forty. Thanks, Pat. We appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the dance. All right. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City 
featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Winter's coming. Here in L.A., that means more rain, but for others, a wintery combination of sleet, slush, snow, ice, Whatever winter means to you, Tire Rack has the tires that will elevate your drive. All season tires, all weather tires, and dedicated winter tires. Go to TireRack.com, use the Tire Decision Guide. You'll get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. You'll get free road hazard protection for two years. Mobile tire installation is available in many areas, and I don't know if you've heard about this. They bring new tires to your home or work and install them on site. It's a game changer. Go to TireRack.com slash sports to see their Kumo test results and special offers. They've been doing this for over 40 years. Trust me, TireRack is the experts. That's TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at graduate hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Why would you stay anywhere else? You know, graduate hotels are the perfect spot the next time you go to see a game. There's over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. And odds are, wherever you're going, especially if you're taking a college trip with your kids, upcoming conference tournament, or just a big college game, you can check them all out at graduatehotels.com. And here's the ultimate win. My listeners can get 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug. Good at any graduate hotel. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Boom! 
the NCAA tournament rolling on here on Fox Sports Radio. We've got you covered. Two games in the books, six to go. We'll dive more into that. Plus, John Ramos is here to give us any score updates. Uh, right now, no games going on. One starts in about 15 minutes or so between UCLA and Abilene Christian. So we will keep you up to date of what's happening there. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save big on your auto insurance. It's really the best thing you could do with your phone in a few minutes. Just call 1-888-FARMERS and start saving today. We are farmers. Bum, ba, da, bum, 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 bum. Aaron, it's talked about a lot that the NFL is it does a great job in making their sport be a 11 to 12 month conversation where there's something always happening in the league. And and I was I, I had read something a long time ago that the NFL's goal really was to, to, to be an 11 month sport where maybe maybe in the month of June, there's really not much going on. Take June off, but. You would have the Super Bowl being pushed back to mid-February, which it's likely going to do as we expect the 17th game to come to the regular season uh, next season. You would have the Combine in in March. Uh, maybe you put back the start of the league year, push that back to maybe late March, uh, April, one of those sort of things. But they have the conversation going. And then when you get into April, you're talking about, uh, you know, after free agency and all these signings, you're talking about the NFL draft uh, in late April and early May. And, and just continuing the conversation. And I feel like since... Since the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl against the Chiefs, we really haven't taken any pause in talking about the NFL. And now the talk with the NCAA tournament going on seems to continue as we get closer to owners meetings next week. But it's really fascinating on how the NFL keeps itself in the headlines with all that's going on with the league. They've done an incredible job. And it's so funny because I think you and I are about the same age, Dan. And when I remember, and maybe I'm just making stuff up in my head, but I remember very distinct seasons in my childhood. You'd watch football all fall, then you'd transition to college basketball, then the NBA playoffs, and you watch baseball all spring. Basically, you watch the Braves on TBS because they were the only thing that was on every day. Um, but now it's like, I mean, we're watching NFL, we're watching guys run around in their underwear and lift weights. And like millions of people watch it. I'll be honest. I, I love watching the combine. The draft, when it's head-to-head with the NBA playoffs, destroys the NBA playoffs. We watch preseason. We watch the game on Christmas this year in a, in a year in a, in, on a day that's a traditionally an NBA day. It is just incredible to me how they really have made themselves a, a 11, 11 and a half, 12-month-a-year season where even like free agency traditionally starts now around the start of March Madness where last year, had there been an NCAA tournament, it would have been basically preempted by Tom Brady going to the Bucks. So I give them incredible credit. They, it, Roger Goodell gets blamed for a lot. I think he's done a great job of continuing what Paul Tagliabue did in terms of building and growing the brand of the NFL. Now, there is this uh, note from Peter King in his Football Morning in America piece that uh, came out late last night or maybe even early uh, Monday morning on the East Coast. And uh, this is what Peter King has to say, which is could be heading uh, coming to the NFL. Talk about continuing the, the, the news cycle. Owners meetings are next week, and this is what Peter King says. NFL owners at their virtual uh, annual meeting at the end of the month could vote to allow in-stadium replay officials the added power to advise on-field crews on plays game officials missed or may have called errantly. If it passes, and in 
King's opinion, the competition committee is in favor of it. Expel, expect help from upstairs on catch, no catch calls, down by contact calls, and close sideline plays. So essentially what the NFL is doing is they are expanding replay even more to allow another set of eyes to correct plays that maybe missed by a coach who didn't throw a challenge flag and maybe missed by the officials on the field this would allow this would allow a call that is missed by the referees or by the coaches for not throwing a challenge flag the opportunity to correct it and as much as I love get the call right in 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 that theory I just don't think this is a good idea for the NFL and I think that the NFL is going about this all wrong and you can Scream to the cows come home. I'm not saying you, Aaron, but then people are saying, well, isn't the most important thing to get the call right on the field? Isn't that the most important thing? I don't know if it is to the NFL. I honestly don't because of how how things go about. I would think that the most important thing would be to get a winner of a game. But instead, for overtime, the NFL says, you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that these games wrap up so we can get the late window going. We're going to shrink overtime to 10 minutes, which has caused a huge increase in ties in the NFL. You know what we're going to do? We're going to knee-jerk reaction to a call between the Rams and Saints in the NFC title game, put in a rule that lasted, you know, what one season in the NFL and then we're going to move on from that like their their whole thing is band-aid after band-aid adding on top what I wish they would do and why I don't like this is because they're adding on again they've opened Pandora's box I wish they would just tear down their replay system and just start from scratch find out what's really wrong what is really working, what isn't working, and go from there. Because to me, they just seem to react on so many different things that are happening that have now caused the ability for a game to end up go to go a lot longer if you're throwing these new replays in because there's a whistle coming up from upstairs. If it, it, it's just it's too much for me. It's just too much. Just figure out a plan instead of adding all these layers to trying to get a call right. Yeah, and I forget. I'm not. I don't want to say I'm 100 percent positive on this, but I believe it's John Gruden that has basically said, "Let's just do away with all replay." Am I? I might be right on that. I think he said some variation of that, but I do wonder. I don't know if replays really helped all sports across the board the way that we thought it would. And like you said, I know, get every call right. And and with good reason. We want to get every call right. But we all watch the NFL on Sunday. We all watch college football on Saturday. I mean, how often are we sitting there on college football Saturday, somebody gets ejected for targeting, and they go right to Joel Klatt in the booth or right to Kirk Herbstreit yeah. in the booth. And Joel Klatt, you know, Joel Klatt, who I love, and I give him so much credit for being outspoken. He's like, that's not targeting. By the letter of the law, that is targeting. But it should, you know, like, like and, and even these calls, like, that you know that even when they go to replay, if you listen to the experts, Joel Klatt, Troy Aikman, uh, Kirk Herbstreit, whomever, they don't even always get them right on the field. And so the idea that we're expanding it more now, maybe dragging out games, I'm not a fan. Like you said, there there are certain things that you should always be able to review and and things of that nature. But uh, you know, I'm just not a big fan of adding more layers to replay. I actually like the option for coaches' challenges. And, and, and I'm sorry, if a coach wants to challenge a third down and seven catch in the first quarter and they don't get it overturned, that's on them. Like that, that, that's, that's real, It's an aspect of replay that I like. It, it, it makes those challenges valuable, and it adds value to them. And if you don't use them correctly, 
you can end up hurting your team in the end. I think that there's some strategy involved with it. But for a league that, again, is trying to move along games because of viewership, this only makes it makes it longer. And to 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 think that now if a coach misses the opportunity or a coach doesn't use his challenges correctly, that he will have a fail safe up in the booth to turn around a call to me is 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 crazy. I don't even like Aaron the under two minutes. This gets reviewed. Uh, The uh, all scoring plays are reviewed. All turnovers are reviews. There's so many different layers to it. And, you know, we were just talking about the foul with the, the fouls earlier in the NCAA tournament and the one with Abilene Christian in, in Texas that allowed uh, Abilene Christian to make their free throws and, and win. When you're, you know, when you're talking about like such a, you know, such a crucial play in, 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 in the end of that game, why do we need to change the, how the two minutes of a football game are, are viewed as opposed to the rest of the other 58. You know, we're trying to talk about how is this, you know, ref calling this game in the first quarter or calling this call in the first quarter as opposed to, you know, the fourth quarter of an NBA game or a second half of a college basketball game. It's why are things in the NFL game more uneven than others? And that's, you know, it's another add-on that they've done of, of the replay and the scoring. And just, if you just started from scratch, I would have to think that there would be some better way to end up, coming up with a plan because they just they're all band-aids to me i i'm I'm not against this sort of thing but but really it just seems like another knee jerk reaction to maybe a missed call or a coach not using his challenges correctly i I am not a fan of of this possible proposal that could go through well and it kind of reminds me of baseball because i believe if i'm not mistaken with the baseball replay system they they don't need a, a i don't even believe a um a manager has to uh, appeal it. I think that if they just if there's a close bang bang play at home plate or at second base on a steal attempt, that they'll just go and review it automatically. And, and sometimes I'm sitting there watching baseball. I'm like, I miss the old days. It's like, can, can we just have a, a bang bang play at home and it, we don't have to spend eight minutes with somebody's head under a monitor? Like, it's just to me. I, I think in general, I think replay was a great concept when it was officially introduced. But I watch way too many of these games where they don't get the call right. And if you don't get the call right, what's the point of having it? And I think adding more layers to that replay system, I don't know that it helps anybody. It's uh, it, it, Remember the fumble call? The, the fumble in the back of the end zone call that we debate every year whenever it happens happens with the, the, the Chiefs and Browns. It's another call where I think that the NFL is, is messed up. My solution to that, and I don't know if the competition committee will, will end up talking about that or, or, or not, but my solution is just don't have an offensive fumble be able to be fumbled forward. Wherever the spot of the fumble is, if the offensive team doesn't recover it, then it, if it's the if the defense recovers it, it's their ball. If an offensive player recovers it four yards downfield, just put it back to where the player fumbled. I don't, I don't think that like if, if if you just make it simple, offensive fumbles can advance, then you have no more fumble it at the goal line, fumble it at the one yard line, and then goes in. And for the, for the people who say, hey. You know, you shouldn't be. You should protect the football at the one yard line. You should protect the football whenever you have it, and and it's not the act of fumbling that should penalize the offensive team. It's the act of the defense recovering it 
that should penalize the offensive team. So when you're looking at stuff like that, it's another example of the NFL being like, okay, well, a fumble on the 40-yard line is different than one at the one-yard line because if it goes here, if it goes out of bounds at this point, there's just so many caveats in, in different ways that the NFL just gets, gets lost in all of this. If you scale it back, if you look back and then try to build from the foundation, you're going to have a better opportunity to have these rules and have the, this replay system succeed. I don't think that replay, replay is getting more of a mess in college basketball and I think if you add this while I think it's a great idea on the surface I actually think it's going to slow games down which has never been the NFL's purpose and it doesn't put any of the onus on the coaches to use their challenge flags they can be relying on what's happening upstairs and now you're going to say wait a second why didn't they uh, review that call in the first quarter but they did in the third quarter or the fourth quarter there even though he was out of challenges there's just you're going to come up with so many different scenarios that just aren't going to seem fair I just think it would be a bad move for the NFL to go this route and and I'm actually a replay guy but it's just not how replay is structured in the NFL I'm not a fan of that well and I think it speaks to (laughs) where we are and society with everyone having social media everybody having a voice and i think that all these major corporations pro leagues whatever they they put systems in place because they see people complaining and they want to fix the complaints all it does is create more complaints right i mean we we had it again i just go back to college football because every Mm -hmm. single saturday there's two three four targeting calls and it's like I, I don't get me wrong i'm not pro targeting i'm not pro hurting people but it's like the way the rule is written we stop these games when it's not even questionable and then there's times where it it feels very apparent that either the call should be one way or another and it gets reversed and so my whole thing is i only want to add layers if there is a way for the human the human element in this to get a call 100% correct and it just doesn't feel like it's happening. Maybe we only remember the one, two, three that get missed over the course of a weekend as opposed to the 10, 20, 30, 50, 100 that get called right. But it just feels like uh, it just feels like something where we tr- every time we try to fix it, more problems erupt because of it. Yeah, I couldn't say it better. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Another tournament game about to tip off UCLA and Abilene Christian in the East region in that 11-14 game that we all had in our brackets that we were going to have on this Monday. We'll see who can punch their ticket to the Sweet 16. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. You had this, right? Can I jump in really quick with one thing? Remember we were talking about earlier about the the unique uh, situation at at the NCAA tournament uh, and, and how it may be impacting upsets? I just had a coach text me that's playing a game later um, his team is currently practicing in an auxiliary gym. Uh, and on you know how it is. It's like a, a, a rec center at your college. They have a curtain up, and on the other side of the curtain is the team that they're playing later today. <laughs> but because of spacing, they got to get it in now because you know they're, they, they have to clean certain places and they can't get to a certain place at a certain time. This is how crazy the tournament is. You wonder why there's all these upsets. So. Mm, interesting. We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to piece together who that coach is. Who could it be? Dun dun dun. dun, dun. dun. We'll find out. Uh, no, actually, we won't find out. We'll let Aaron keep his sources as they are. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Rich Orenberger joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hear him. Every Sunday with Steve Hartman at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 10 o'clock Pacific. Uh, what happened to the Aztecs, Rich? I know it's a few days old, but uh, how is the city of San Diego recovering after that debacle on Friday? 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely was a debacle. Thanks for having me on, by the way, Dan and Aaron. I, uh, I, I was disappointed. I'm sure the Aztecs feel the same way, the players, the coaches, both, because they're a better team than they showed. And I think what, what happened was uh, a physical situation where you had a, a big, long team of Syracuse defenders uh, you know, playing their zone a little bit wider and contesting some three-point shots early in the game. And they shot a, a tremendous volume of those three-pointers, the Aztecs did. And they went cold beyond the arc. And it felt like that was the early strategy to to contend and to hang with Jim Boheim's gang and what or Beheim's gang. And what ended up happening was uh, the physical issue turned into a mental one. You know, they, they just started missing in mass and then went on a cold streak to finish the first half. And that was basically all she wrote. All, all Syracuse did the whole second half was just sit on the ball, to, you know, wind the clock and, uh, and preserve their lead. So I have one more super nerdy college basketball question, then we can get to the NFL stuff. Uh, how disappointing is it for you as someone who covers this team or the fan base or the players or the coaching staff? For people who forget, San Diego State would have entered the NCAA tournament at 31-2 and last year. Malachi Flynn, first-round NBA draft pick, was on that roster. And there were people, myself included, I think you feel the same way, Rich, that thought that team was able to win a national championship last year. Weren't quite as good this year, but this was kind of the redemption tour you win the mountain west regular season the conference tournament title i know this is super nerdy and you and i are maybe the only people that care about this rich but i'm genuinely curious how that locker room felt especially given uh the circumstances of last year yeah i mean look this is also a senior laden group they have five seniors on the team and some of them will return because the ncaa has created that exemption due to the pandemic so they will return some of them i'm sure of it but, but that was the other part of it, was how, how difficult it is when you have a veteran group who have been through the wars, but especially had the season they had, like you mentioned, over 30 wins, the last undefeated team in the nation a season ago, out of the Mountain West, you know, a mid-major conference. They could have snuck up on, on people in the tournament. It would have been a blast to see Malachi Flynn, who is the finisher that really they, never, they didn't have all season long this year in the tournament and and we weren't able to see him a year ago so he moves on he's with the raptors and the team that you're left with is still a very very good basketball team they just didn't show when they faced the orange and that's how you get a first round bounce you gotta not only be a good team but you have to play your best when it's called upon you and i I think to a man everybody would tell you the same thing they just didn't they didn't bring their a game to indianapolis Rich Ornberger joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Of course, uh, you can hear him and Steve Hartman here on Fox Sports Radio Saturdays at 1 o'clock, or Sundays at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, 10 Pacific here on Fox Sports Radio. The former NFL lineman also spent some time in New England. I, I, I don't want to say how surprised are you that New England was so active in free agency, Rich, because they had so much money. But Bob Kraft said to Albert Breer that they really kind of enjoyed the process. How surprised are you? that Bob Kraft and, and maybe Bill Belichick felt reinvigorated by, uh, by being active in free agency for once? 
Well, you know, it is an interesting concept, and we're not used to seeing it with the New England Patriots, but I feel like we say that a lot in different respects. If there's one constant in New England, it's change. You know, they are a game plan team. Uh, when I was there, our game plan changed every single week offensively. Sometimes we were run dominant. Sometimes we were pass happy. And year to year, the offensive and defensive identity of the team can change over time. Sometimes you're rolling with a talented wide receiver grouping. Sometimes you have a couple of tight ends who you're highlighting in the offense. Sometimes it's a great uh, running back who you're you're trying to really pump up or you know, a Randy Moss type where you're going to, you know, throw for, you know, a record-breaking number of touchdown passes. It's, it really varies because they're a game plan team. And I think they treated this offseason the way they treat season game plans. They say, all right, well, what are our needs? What is this roster lacking? Let's attack this uh, to the best of our ability with all this extra cash. And I think they did a good job filling a lot of needs. Also, Bill Belichick, He's smart. He signed back a bunch of players who are used to this system, who he had success with, like a Vanoy on defense, like a Ted Karras, and he re-signed Andrews up front to protect Cam Newton, who's now going to enter his second year in the system and assuming good health. I mean, when he was healthy and so was his offensive line, the offense really did hum. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do in the draft now, but as far as a need-based free agency, I think they check a lot of boxes. So you mentioned the draft, and obviously, look, it's still, whatever, a month away or so, and there's there's a lot that's going to change. Do you envision them trying to find that long-term answer at quarterback in this draft? Do you think there's still a free agent out there to be signed or a guy like Sam Darnold to be traded for? Obviously, look, we're happy Cam Newton's coming back, but he's clearly not the future there. Where do you envision them going at the quarterback position? It's a great question, and it's difficult to say because you could you could argue, well, maybe they'll you know trade up to to grab a Fields if he's dropping in the the first round, or maybe they'll wait and see if Trey Lance is available, or maybe one of these you know uh, like Jones, Alabama, if he drops down the board, is there a way that they could get their hands on one of these top tier quarterback talents and and at a discount because we know that New England typically likes a value play. Uh, or is it going to be one of those situations where they get a second rounder that nobody's heard of uh, out of, you know, an Eastern Illinois like Jimmy Garoppolo, and they mold him into what they hope will be a Tom Brady-like uh, uh, field general? We don't know. You know and, and they keep their cards closer to the vest than virtually any franchise. What I will say is I think it's, I think it's going to be probably closer to column B than column A. I don't see them making – a big grab at one of the big names that we know. I think they're going to have their draft scouts uh, piling in all the information. They're going to find a project. They have time because they have the stopgap with the Cam Newton signing. So I think they're going to bring in a developmental player at quarterback and hope, like I said before, that they have great value. Rich Ornberger joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer sitting in for Doug. Uh, can you explain what the Raiders are doing, um, especially with their offensive line? Rodney Hudson ends up being uh, traded to Arizona. Gabe Jackson's now in Seattle. Uh, do you understand what, what they're doing in Vegas? Yeah, it's a little strange. Either they've fallen, fallen in love with a, a couple of big men in the draft, and so they want to get younger and healthier at the position, or this could be, and this is possible, 
the start of another rebuild. And if you think about it from a contractual standpoint, it does make sense. John Gruden's got nothing but time. I mean, how many years have ticked away on this 10-year, $100 million contract? Not many. I mean, we're not even at the halfway point yet. So if he doesn't love, as far as an open window to win it all, if he doesn't love what he has, if he feels like he's getting you know, expensive or older in certain roster positions where he needs to you know, do a complete makeover, he has the time to do it. Look, if there's one thing that I love about a long con- contract as a head coach is it gives you time to build your culture, and that is a rarity in the NFL. I mean, if you think about it, there are so few – head coaches who sign contracts, you know, that are anywhere near five years or more. Uh, but, but John Gruden, he's got time. So I, I, it's too early to say for sure, but we'll see what some of their corresponding moves this offseason and in the draft look like. Uh, but they could be blowing this thing up and, and trying to make a run, maybe not for next season, but the season after. Last one for me, Rich, really quick. Uh, you know, I want to go back to the draft for half a second. You mentioned Trey Lance, and he is just so fascinating. One game this year, and then he declared the FCS, of course, playing in the spring. Just as a former player, I mean, can you even imagine entering a draft, getting ready to be a professional uh, with basically one game under your belt in your final year of college football? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, this is just speaking for myself personally. I didn't feel ready at all when I got to the NFL. Uh, And I played five falls at Penn State. I played against, you know, top-tier talent my entire time in college. You know, we were in a bowl game, uh, and I started – we were in a bowl game every single season. I started in three of them. So, you know, I got to experience uh, everything that the Division I uh, college ranks could offer as far as competitive readiness – and I still didn't feel ready enough. Now, quarterback position's different, and obviously everybody's makeup is different. That's why some, some, sometimes rookies excel and sometimes rookies bust, and they improve over time. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine it. I, I, and I don't know what it's going to look like, but whoever takes him, if they're expecting him to play, my advice to any coordinator would be you really need to dumb it down. Even if he's a bright kid, even if he can handle a lot, simplify your offense. Give him less options, not more. Give him less to look at, not more. And then build from there because I think one of the things that we see with NFL offensive coordinators is they build a system, they fall in love with their system, and they refuse to acquiesce to the talents that they have in-house. And and that's a problem. You have to build a system that is good for your players. If you have a great system and you have great players, but those great players can't play great in your system, you have a bad system. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of uh, both to see what happens. His readiness, but also the system that he gets drafted into. Former NFL lineman turned radio host. Hear about Fox Sports Radio Sundays with Steve Harbin at 1 o'clock Eastern time. And hear him during the week on Fox Sports Radio affiliate Extra 1316 San Diego. He's Rich Ornberger. Find him on Twitter at Ornberger. Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. You, you got it. Glad to be on with you guys. Talk soon. Thank you, Rich. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. 
The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for college hoops this winter? Pro tip, stay at a graduate hotel. They're obsessed with college basketball, just like us. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to the local team with lots of cool details for alumni. Nods to school colors, mascots. Why would you stay anywhere else? They have 30-plus hotels in the best college towns. And get this, you can save up to 30% with the code DUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 